This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Bobby Knight was 83 years old and his health had been deteriorating for a number of years. And it's our pleasure right now to have the company of a guy who has been calling Indiana basketball since before that national championship of the perfect season in 75 and 76. Don Fisher, nice enough to give us some time today on the tailgate. Fish, um, Obviously, a very tough day in Bloomington, and for you personally, with your long-term, long-time association with Robert Montgomery Knight, how are you feeling today? Well, obviously, we're all sad. Um, it, it's it's tragic uh, what he had befall him from a health standpoint, uh, the latter stages of his life, uh, without question about that, and. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, it's a blessing that the good Lord has taken him because he was in very poor health. Um, and I know from uh, the standpoint of his family, uh, this is probably the best thing that could have happened at this point. The coach put Indiana basketball on the map and uh, drew the spotlight to the state of Indiana, where it had been in some parts because of guys like Rick Mount, a little bit of a legend, but College basketball, I think, went next level in the mid-70s, and I think Knight and the Hoosiers in that perfect season can be given a ton of credit for that, don't you? Oh, no question. Um, the, the mark that Bob Knight put on the state of Indiana uh, in the early years of his tenure at IU was absolutely remarkable. When you think about how he changed high school basketball in this state, because of the way Indiana played basketball, his motion offense, uh, the way he emphasized defensive play as a first priority, uh, the things that he did from a coaching perspective, almost every coach in the state of Indiana adopted uh, in those in those early years. And this state became a hotbed uh, for college recruiters, uh, for people to come to see what Bob Knight was doing. Um, he was a visionary, number one, but number two, uh, he was revered as a basketball coach uh, because of how smart he was, the ability he had to coach players to get them to do his bidding, so to speak, on the basketball floor. Um, it's it's hard to explain to people that weren't here at the time because his influence on basketball in this state was absolutely incredible. Give me a list of adjectives that best describe Bobby Knight, Bobby Knight, the coach, and Bobby Knight, the human being. And no no limit on the volume of words you want to choose, Don. Well, uh, there's there's almost no words. There's, no, there's probably no perfect word to describe Coach Knight. Um, he was a controversial figure at best, and maybe controversial is maybe the way to put it. 
Uh, I've done several of these interviews over the last couple of days now. Um, and I've seen a lot of what other people are doing in, in remembrance of the coach. Uh, and about 80% of what they put out there is the controversial things that he did. Um, and, and it's justified to some degree. But I think what gets lost in all of this is what a tremendously great basketball coach Bob Knight was. Uh, to, to do the things that he did, um, the way he did them, uh, to never have a stain on his career at, from a recruiting standpoint or any of the things that uh, people remarked about other coaches having done in their careers and, and, and the things that, that were on the sidelines in regard to uh, how the other coaches handled stuff. He, there's no, there was never a reputation issue with Bob Knight uh, from the standpoint of coaching. He knew exactly what he was doing in that regard. He wanted the student athlete to be a student athlete, made his kids go to classes, um, made them, uh, didn't make them, but certainly promoted their graduation or the fact that they needed to get their degree. Those kinds of things, um, you know, back in his day, weren't done with every player and they're still not done today with every player. I mean, and more likely now that they're not done that way uh, than it used to be, but the fact of the matter is he, he changed the landscape of college basketball just by the things that he did from a priority standpoint. Northwest Indiana's Dan Dockich remains a huge Bob Knight supporter. And Dockich is, you know, he, he grew up in the late 70s. We're only a year or two apart and played on those early 80s teams right. at IU. He will go to his grave defending everything Bob Knight did, and he took a lot of that into his coaching career. Yet we're in an era, Don, as you know, where touching players – Forget about putting your hands around their neck, as as Knight did with Neil Reed, but touching players isn't allowed. I always defended Bobby on this part of it. They know what they're signing up for when they go to Bloomington, and if you're not the type of kid who can take that military type, you know, discipline that he had to have from his guys, then go somewhere else. You know what you're getting in Bloomington. Yeah, and there were guys that said they could handle it and guys that got there that couldn't, that transferred out, which is, you know, which is understandable. But because his, his style of coaching isn't for everybody. And it was it basically involved kids with tremendous mental faculties in the sense of being able to deal with tough stuff. Um, and honestly, I, I don't know if I could have played for him. Uh, I don't know that anybody knows that until they get there and deals with it. But at the same time, 90 plus percent of the players that played for Bob Knight uh, stayed all four years or were whatever number of years that they were capable of playing. And if they went to the NBA, they went to the NBA. But the fact of the matter is the guy had his reputation. Everybody knew what it was. So if you if you decided Indiana University is the place you wanted to go uh, and he wanted you, uh, why would you go anyplace else? And and honestly, uh, like I said before, his his style of coaching, not for everybody, but back when I was growing up in the years after I was uh, doing play-by-play -play for Indiana, it changed. Uh, it's not the same anymore. You couldn't get away with the things that he did back then, now as a coach, not in any way, shape, or form. And to me, in some respects, that's probably a tragedy because – 
you, we need tougher people today. There's just no question about it. All right, devil's advocate on that statement. Um, and I'd love to know why Indiana University tolerated these things. Um, suggesting Mike Giomi get his own ride home from West Lafayette after a bad game against Purdue. Canceling the postseason banquet, I think after the 92 or 93 season, you know, senior banquet, not happy with the team, so no banquet. How did he get away with those things? <laughs> um, he got away from he got away with them because he won. <laughs> That's why he got away with them. I mean, it's pretty simple. Um, his ability to win basketball games. Here's another thing about Indiana basketball in his era. Every time he went into a ball game, as a fan you felt like there was a great chance Indiana was going to win that game. I mean, that's kind of the reputation that he had. He was that good a coach. And there were games that he probably had no business winning that Indiana won during those years because the talent level at the end, toward the end of his career at Indiana, was not quite what it had been previously. And he was always able to build teams. He was always able to get a, a team that would start out the season, not play their best basketball, and by the end of the year, they were pretty much in that realm of playing some of their best basketball. Um, he got guys to grow through the year. So uh, the, how did he How did he survive Indiana all those years? He won basketball games, and people, the, the fan base absolutely loved the idea that Indiana could beat anybody on a given day. The unbeaten team, very early in your broadcast career, the 32-0 and team, 75-76, and 76, Wins the national title, I believe. Final four wins over UCLA and Michigan. And uh, they win a few more. What's the best coaching job he did? Because that, that first team, that perfect team, had future NBA players on it. High draft picks. There were some teams down the road that won that didn't have future professional stars. What's the best job he ever did? I think 1987. Winning the national championship that year with a couple of junior college players, which he rarely ever recruited junior college players, Keith Smart and Dean Garrett. He brought those two guys in, uh, and and that team got better as the, as the season progressed, but it wasn't the most talented team by any stretch of the imagination through the, for the night years. It was probably one of the lesser talented teams just from a pure athletic standpoint. Um, and these guys, the, the two junior college guys and, and Keith Smart and Dean Garrett bought into Bob Knight immediately, which, you know, that's that's a little bit of a you had to have some fortitude to do that uh, because of how Knight coached. Um, and that said, both those guys revered Bob Knight as much as any player that was there for four years because they were only there, too. Um, that team, without question, probably the least talented of the group. Yeah, Keith Smart went on and played a few years in the NBA. Dean Garrett did as well. Um, I'm trying to remember, Steve Alford had, what, four or five years with the Dallas Mavericks at that time, but hardly ever played. Uh, wasn't a great. He was a great college basketball player because he was part of a team. Uh, and he knew his role. Coach Knight uh, obviously gave him a role that was, you know, what, a lot of players would love to have. He's got to shoot the basketball. But if you saw how hard Steve Alford worked, 
every single game just to get himself open. The number of screens and picks he went by. He was a nonstop guy. And in some respects, that's why he got an NBA career that lasted five years. It wasn't because he was a great athlete. It was because he just worked his tail off. And that was a trademark of a lot of Indiana players under Bob Knight. Guys that were gym rats, loved the game, wanted to, ha- to get the best out of the game for themselves, but they were not necessarily the best athletes, but they were guys that understood basketball IQ. Sports broadcasting is a labor of love. And for guys who get to do it for decades, some of them never get a chance to, to know what it's like to, to call a winning team. Yeah. Uh, what did, what did Indiana's success mean to you? And what was your personal relationship with coach Knight all about? Well, my personal relationship, and I'll go with that first, uh, was simply, uh, he, he was a tough guy to deal with. Uh, it wasn't always pleasant. Uh, it wasn't always fun. Uh, his joking sometimes made you look a little bit humble, so to speak. Uh, but at the same time, you you understood what he was as a basketball coach. And my job was to get a pregame show with him before every game. Um, and my job was to make sure I got that. And if I didn't get it, I probably wasn't going to be around very long. Uh, so I did what I had to do. I, I'd come to, to uh, uh, practices or, or a game day three and a half hours before game time. Uh, just to sit around for 45 minutes or an hour and wait for coach to do the interview, <laughs> depending on what his schedule was that day or what he wanted to do. It was different. Uh, it, like I said, it wasn't always fun. And then it was exhilarating at times. Uh, and most of the time, the, the, the most important part of it was I was broadcasting for a team that was successful almost every single year. Always never had a losing season. Uh, the worst year they had was the 14 to 13 year after the 76 national championship in which they uh, just barely uh, finished above 500. And then, of course, there everybody looks at the schedule now and says, well, no, well, they were 16 and 11 that year. Uh, yeah, that's because they were two forfeit games that they got from Minnesota <laughs> that were put on the win column. So so when you think about um, what I was able to do from my career standpoint, all the success I've had in Indiana as a broadcaster is primarily because of Bob Knight and the Hoosiers winning basketball games through all those years. Football hasn't been anywhere close to that. Uh, obviously, the Mallory era was pretty special. Uh, we had a lot of really good broadcasts in those days. But winning basketball games in Indiana was absolutely special. And the fact that Indiana was so successful it made my career. I'm not. I'm. I'm not sitting here saying I'm the greatest broadcaster. I'm not, by any stretch of the imagination. But I was part of something that was great. And when you are part of something that's great, it rubs off on you. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.